0: Father, and asked his cousin to check on him. Moti, who had been the beneficiary of many thousands of dollars from Epstein, caressed the ass of the sleeping lover in his bed, then lit a cigarette and stuffed his bare feet into his shoes, for though it was the middle of the night, he was glad to have a reason to talk to Epstein about a new investment. But when Moti arrived at the Jaffa address scrawled on his palm, he rang Maya back. There must be a mistake, he told her. There was no way her father would live in such a dump. Maya phoned Epstein's lawyer, Schloss, the only one who still knew anything. But he confirmed that the address was correct. When Moti finally roused the young tenant on the second floor by holding down the buzzer with a stubby finger, she confirmed that Epstein had, in fact, been living above her for the last few months. But that it had been many days since she'd last seen him, or heard him, really, for she had gotten used to the sound of him pacing on her ceiling during the night. Though she couldn't know it as she stood sleepily at the door addressing the balding cousin of her upstairs neighbor, in the rapid escalation of events that followed, the young woman would become accustomed to the sound of many people coming and going above her head, tracing and retracing the footsteps of a man she hardly knew and yet had come to feel oddly close to. The police only had the case for half a day before it was taken over by the shin bet. Shimon Perez called the family personally to say that mountains would be moved. The taxi driver who'd picked Epstein up six days earlier was tracked down and taken in for questioning. Scared out of his wits, he smiled the whole time, showing his gold tooth. Later, he led the shin bet detectives to the road along the Dead Sea. And following some confusion as a result of nerves, managed to locate the spot where he had let Epstein off, an intersection near the barren hills halfway between the caves of Qumran and Ein Gedi. The search parties fanned out across the desert, but all they turned up was Epstein's empty monogrammed briefcase, which, as Maya put it, only made the possibility of his transubstantiation seem more real. During those days and nights, gathered together in the rooms of the Hilton suite, his children tossed back and forth between hope and grief. A phone was always ringing, Schloss alone was manning three, and each time it did, they attached themselves to the latest information that came through. Jonah, Lucy, and Maya learned things about their father that they hadn't known. But in the end, they got no closer to finding out what he had meant by it all or what had become of him. As the days passed, the calls had come less often and brought no miracles. Slowly, they adjusted themselves to a new reality in which their father, so firm and decisive in life, had left them with a final act that was utterly ambiguous. A rabbi was brought in who explained to them in heavily accented English that Jewish law required absolute certainty about the death before the morning rituals could be observed. In cases where there was no corpse, a witness to the death was considered enough. And even with no corpse and no witness, a report that the person had been killed by thieves or drowned or dragged off by a wild animal was enough. But in this case, there was no corpse, no witness, and no report. No thieves or wild animals as far as anyone knew. Only an inscrutable absence where once their father had been. No one could have imagined it, and yet it came to seem like a fitting end. Death was too small for Epstein. In retrospect, not even a real possibility. In life, he had taken up the whole room. He wasn't large, only uncontainable. There was too much of him. He constantly overspilled himself. It all came pouring out, the passion, the anger, the enthusiasm, the contempt for people, and the love for all mankind. Argument was the medium in which he was raised, and he needed it to know he was alive. He fell out with three quarters of everyone he had fallen in with, those that remained could do no wrong, and were loved by Epstein forever. To know him was either to be crushed by him or madly inflated. One hardly recognized oneself in his descriptions. He had a long line of protégés, Epstein breathed himself into them they became larger and larger as did everyone he chose to love at last they flew like a macy's parade balloon but then one day they would snag themselves on epstein's high moral branches and burst from then on their names were anathema in his inflationary habits Ep-